fucking junkie which you know hopefully soon people come to understand why we ended up with that name um i want to start out by saying we don't have any sponsors right none uh so if anybody wants to help uh basically sponsor us like you would with something like patreon you know if you think we're gonna provide a good message after this first episode um you can download the cash app get that set up and rolling uh Go to Don't Be a Effing Junkie. It's all one word. Obviously, we couldn't include the explicit material or else we wouldn't be able to do it. So, uh, right. It's pretty easy to use. And uh, at the end, you know, we'll, we'll put a way for you to get a hold of this. That way, if you got any questions and you want to donate something, we'll be able to be able to do that. So, uh, I guess... Me and Ray met when? I don't know oh, when that was. It's been was, a while, bro. It's been a while, bro. Uh, selling magazines. Yes, sir. Um, that so, that is a, a a monument of my life, bro. Bro, that was bro, a crazy time period. <laughs> wild, wild. Yeah, man. And what you know, and and lately, uh, what's crazy? I realized I wasn't even sober the whole time. So like. I was thinking about some of the stuff I did, and I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. I would not do that again. Right. But, you know, whatever. It was good, man. I learned a lot. And uh, it got me away from my shit, at least most of it, you know, not the alcohol. But right. It's what it is. And I know your situation was... was I had a... I've had a lot of different situations, so uh, it really depends on which one you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever you're willing to talk about is what we're talking about, you know? So, I mean, I know you, you came from the body bag, and yeah. that says yeah. a lot about... Yeah, yeah. You know. it was crazy. I, it, and, and it's funny because um, I, I joined the Army, like, directly after the magazine situation. And I went from one extreme to the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Well, I know a lot of people who went the other way. Uh, uh, I didn't because I fucked up my life too bad before I ever even got the chance, man. My neck and everything. It was all tore up before I ever even got the hope. You know, I wanted yeah. to. But uh, I was old enough whenever September 11th happened. I sure as hell dreamed about it. And... You know, there were interesting military experiences I had 
but I don't want to talk about that yet. <laughs> well, well, you know, but uh, nothing I did, because, well, nothing I did. We'll get to it. Yeah. I mean, you went over, did you go overseas at all? I did. I went to Afghanistan. Yeah. I was in Kandahar, Afghanistan, 2009 to 2010. The shithole of the world, bro. I've heard a lot of stories, man. I've heard a lot of stories. It sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck that. I'm good. It sucks. I'm good. It sucks. And, and, you know, a lot of what's crazy is a lot of the, the history with drugs actually centers around, um, that military, you know? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, so 1850s, right? They synthesized morphine. And then 10 years after that, wham, civil war. People got like limbs missing. You know, mm. Whatever. You know, that was a brutal war. Thousands of people got hurt. And they all got addicted to morphine because it was the only way that they could right. make it through, you know, surgeries. Uh, and then. Yeah, man, you get a whole country full of morphine addicts. Yeah. And, and at the time, you know, they looked at it as, you know, we need to treat this and help these people. Then um, that's where uh, laudanum came from. And they started to import opium and mm -hmm. they started the railroads. And then the Chinese started to come over and they brought over smokable opium. Yep. And people was getting jacked on that. So. Getting smashed, uh, man. Well, yeah, and then that's that's kind of whenever the regulations started, you know, for um, local municipalities, and it wasn't really. It was just trying to keep that hidden. They they didn't really care as long as you hid it. You yep. Know? It's kind of still like that, you know, until they want to catch you. <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree. And then, I just, sorry. No, I, I just think it's kind of funny that like it it all like you said it all stems from the the military. It all stems from the government. Like I don't understand. Like for instance, now this might be a little bit off topic. I want to get your opinion on something though. Like we talked about, opium comes from basically uh, Asia, uh, the Middle East. Predominantly, you could you could say that, right? Right. I could say that the most of the opium comes from the Middle East, Asia, nowhere close to Compton, right? Right. So how does this shit end up in our hoods? We know how it ends up in the hoods, man. We know who I, brings it in, right? So one of the cats right? that we're gonna spend some time talking about, you know, in the beginning of the show, is this cat Harry Anslinger. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he did with the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was because of the control of opiates and cocaine um, and, and the wording of the laws at the time, right? He was actually able to store massive amounts of the drugs and then distribute them to who he felt, right? Yeah. So the man spent his entire career before the Federal Bureau of Narcotics trying to get people to outlaw this stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he can get his money grubbing hands on it, he's like, oh, no, we're going to hold on to it. And we'll let you have it if you really need it, if it's a medical right. thing, right? Right. But by then, you know, and we'll, we'll get to some of this here in, you know, this episode. But, I mean, they had removed treatment from drug addiction. Right. So, so it was no longer an acceptable medical practice.
right? Mm-hmm. It was just, you were a drug addict, and you needed to quit doing drugs. And if you didn't, you were yeah. going to jail, right? right? And if a doctor gave you drugs, he's going to jail. How, how, how's that supposed to help anybody, you know, get off of it? Man, I've done a lot of heroin. And, yeah. and if, if I, I quit doing heroin before I quit doing most of the other drugs that I did, but those other drugs that I was doing was the reason I was able to just say, I don't want to do heroin anymore. You know, right. when you're doing 10 other drugs, man. What's one? I never tried heroin. The, uh, the perks, I was really big on perks at one point. Uh, they made me itch though. And oh, I don't like itch. <laughs> Everybody's different, man. You know, yeah. I like to go do stuff. Whenever I was all whacked on heroin, like I like to be really? out about. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. weird. Well, whatever. You know, everything <laughs> affects everybody different. You know, you know, to each his own. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you've seen the pictures, man. Soldiers Garden, poppy fields. Absolutely. You know, stuff. I've to, I, CIA did it in the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, Vietnam. Yep. It's dirty, man. And then, you know, you see it now with the legal opiates. West Virginia's torn apart. I mean, if you're poor in the United States, you know, some doctor's been trying to feed you opiates for some reason. You know? Yeah. And it's it's just to make your situation better because there ain't really nothing that they can do to right. help people right. who are so far down and out that. They ain't got no hope, man. Drug addiction comes from not having any hope, you know. Yeah. There's hooks, there's genetics, but if you ain't got no hope in your life, you, you got to find something. Yeah. Alcohol, food, crack, whatever it is, you know. If you ain't got no joy, it's that's that's the huge part of the problem, and that's why I wanted to, you know, really start doing this is because because of how people view addiction. Right. And you've experienced right. it. I've experienced it. I've seen people experience it and I've done it to other people. Right. right. You, you treat them like shit. You treat people like shit. And it's because of these early principles that started over a hundred years ago. The mm-hmm. way they looked at stuff over a hundred years ago, the racism they had, all that. Mm-hmm. That shapes everything we do nowadays. Even if you're not racist, you still look at it at the same because it's no longer a yeah. racial issue. It's a class thing. It's a class. If you're not in that top class, it don't matter. Right. If you're in the top class, you can pay your way out. And even yeah. back then, you could. Me and you was talking about Judy Garland, which we'll get mm-hmm. to later. You know, that's right. messed up. Same time frame. You kill one lady and tell one lady to go on vacation. See, that's crazy. How does how does that make any sense? But it's still going on today, man. Yeah, bro. It's still going. It's a lot on. of people getting crucified. It's a lot of people getting crucified, bro. It's a lot of people. You know, it's a dirty game. Well, some of it, you know, they got this dude Cory Booker. I think he's out of California. He just proposed the new amendment, you know, to not only legalize cannabis but erase all the possession convictions. Mm. That's huge. You know how think many of, people? Think of how be- many people will get out of jail. Yeah, right man. away, just because they had an eighth of weed, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying everybody should smoke weed, and you shouldn't smoke weed all the time. Yeah. But it ain't heroin, right? I saw, I saw something. Um, 
I saw something on YouTube the other day, and uh, it was this guy saying that uh, the natural, the, the way you're really supposed to ingest marijuana is to eat it versus smoke it. They say when you smoke it, it kind of, it, 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 the THC is like, uh, the heat does something to it, and it transforms into something crazy. I don't know, but well, they it, say you're really supposed to eat it. Well, it's not really that. So, uh, you know, THC is activated by heat, which is why people smoke it, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is you're smoking something that's hot. That's bad for you. Right? Okay. You don't want to do that. So you do want to eat it, you know, and it's a completely different experience. And if you're going to it for medical purposes, they, yeah, yeah, man, consume it in a safe manner. You know, there's ways to do it, you know, and that's why they got dispensaries and stuff. So that way you don't have to try to do it in your house and go through all the craziness. Especially right. if you've got kids and stuff. You can't do that in your house with kids because they, they, yeah. you don't get high, man, and that's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to prison. Yeah, man, you're going to prison. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's not legal nowhere. You can't even yeah. do it in California, Colorado. Okay. You know, they'll still be like, all right, we're we're gonna have to send DHS over to investigate this, and they should, man. If you're doing yes. that kind of stuff with the kids in the house, that's not great. No, nah. but, but I mean, you know, medicine is medicine, and if you're taking it like the doctor says to take it, that's cool. If you're in a recreational state, but do your deal. You know, right. but just be responsible. And that's a lot of the things countries like Sweden, you know, they got they got responsible drug use over there. Mm. Uh, I've heard a story where supposedly one of the former uh, presidents of Sweden lives right across the street from a methadone addiction clinic. Really? Yeah, bro. And, and I ain't looked into it completely yet. And I'm but I'm gonna because I'm intrigued, man. Right. It, it, you got a culture that that is that functional with drug addicts in it because you're never going to get rid of them right Right. they're never going to go away right Uh, why aren't people copying that well what's the pros and cons though so you know a lack of control for the government at least they see it that way right you know it's the fear but think you know they're gaining more control and that's kind of where a lot of the states are coming to with cannabis, right? And even some other states are starting to get here with, with, with the more psychoactive substances. They're not, you know, full legalization. It's still medical, you know, and, uh, a medical setting, right? right. But uh, there are people who are trying to put it back to a treatment-based perspective right because in sweden they didn't just treat the addiction they treated the underlying problems to it that's that was supposedly a huge part of why their system worked right they didn't just try and get you off of drugs they got you off the street too you know Mm. but they didn't force you to do that you know if you wanted to go shoot up heroin twice a day go ahead Mm. you're probably not going to go rob nobody probably you know what i mean right you're probably gonna you're consuming a safer substance. You had to stay there for a certain amount of time, from what I understand. You know, they had real strict stipulations in it, and it's not any different than the methadone clinics and stuff that we got now. We got that stuff right. now. But the problem is, is it, it's not really available unless you got the money to pay for it. Right. That doesn't and make the, any sense. Some insurances uh, cover that, though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you got to have good enough insurance in order to be able to cover addiction treatment of that nature. Right. And and I don't 
I personally don't know enough about the health insurance side of it. I don't to, know. To know I what what would be covered. Like I just know there's more junkies on the street who would probably do rather do safe drugs than they would the shit that they're doing. I mean, look at how many people were dying from fentanyl overdoses and all the crazy shit that's going on. Right. You know? If, I, if, I just got out of a 21-day uh, treatment center for alcohol, though. And um, my insurance covered it, man. You know what I mean? Like, And I got, like, the cheapest insurance that you can get, bro. Well, yeah, <laughs> what I'm talking about, it's not so much like an inpatient treatment center, you know. It's people yeah. who are just cool being junkies, you know what I mean, or whatever the deal is, right? They know that they're doing something they probably shouldn't. That's not healthy. You know, insurance companies in America don't want to cover that. I mean, the sub insurance. That's just the, the the way companies here think. They don't think of that as a treatment because yeah. they're looking at it as they're ingesting drugs, they're going to die. Even if a guy is sitting there trying to work with them and, and balance their life out, you know, it's just not going to happen because they're on right. drugs. Right. But then you got cats like William Burroughs who lived to be like 75 or 77 years old and he was one of the best authors America's ever seen. He wrote some of the craziest books in the world and he shot up heroin every day. Mm. So, I don't think people should do drugs, man, in general. But if you're gonna, you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's yeah. a really hard line to cross, especially not being a professional, you know, because you don't want to say right. nothing. I'm not a professional. I don't want to say anything that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, people are going to use drugs. Addicts yeah. prove that every day. They're always going to find yeah. a way. Some of the ways i found are crazy. But nobody breaks down the cons. We only see the pros. The people that are breaking down the cons are the people we don't want to listen to anyway. You know what I mean? That's why this type of platform is good. Cause like the, the, the cons of what? Like the cons of the current system? Uh, cons of the current system of like uh, recreational drug use, things of that nature. So the cons of the current system. Man, you know, uh, I heard somebody recently say his name was Johan Hari. Right, he's like this British cat. He said, we've imprisoned more people in this country than any other culture in history. Yeah, like per capita, you know? And, you know, I didn't verify the, the number, but I can believe it. There's millions of people in prison right now, and half of them in there for stupid stuff. I understand if you're violently raping people, if you're just going around robbing people for no damn reason, you know? But the reason why people are in prison these days it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, even stuff like you just said, like freaking possession of heroin, bro. I, I mean, possession of most drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't, you can't. It's it's not a crime to have a substance, right? What you do with it is what makes it a crime, you know? I think I think it's the after effects. I think what you do after you ingest it should be the crime. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, if I, I can go, agree with that. If I go and smoke some weed and go chill on my couch, like, that's not a crime. If I go, if I can't get some weed and rob somebody for their weed, that's when the crime comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess yeah. it's all about prevention. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it could be the, the young people want to get into it because everybody makes it seem so horrible, right? You know, one of the right. things that made me want to get into selling drugs was the movie Scarface. I ain't gonna lie, I saw that shit. I was like, hell yes, I want this. Mm-hmm. My parents were like upper middle class white people. <laughs> I didn't know the street yet, but I was like, right. that's where the money is. I'm going over there. You know, everybody wanted to be Tony, bro. Oh, everybody wanted to be Tony. Even like uh, so many white kids running around my little high school like, yeah, <laughs> the world is mine. Mm hmm. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can set people off on a different trajectory. You know, I had LSD whenever I was 12 years old at Boy Scout summer camp. Tell me my parents saw that happening. Wow. Right? They they never saw that happening. That's, that's somewhere you're supposed to be safe, right? And that, that's, that's never supposed to happen. That ain't the streets. That ain't, Who that brings ain't... LSD to Boy Scouts, bro? I'm not going to say his name, but man, <laughs> he was a cool-ass dude. Wow, I bet. Me and that cat got in a lot of trouble together, even after we were both out of Boy Scouts. <laughs> uh, but shit, you got a week away from your parents, man? You're going to do something that you're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. In the woods? Wow. Yeah. I think I was just setting stuff on fire. <laughs> I, I did that, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally, my buddy's dad was, uh, I think he was the assisting attorney general for the state of Ohio. He went to some, like, Air Force reunion. We all went over to the house, had some big party. Everybody got drunk. I set the driveway on fire with rubbing alcohol at, like, 1.30 in the morning. Some crazy wow. shit. Yeah, bro. Like, nobody called the cops. But, hey, suburban white neighborhood, everybody was passed out except for the crazy white kids. <laughs> Listening to bone thugs and shit. Wow. Wow. But they're from Ohio, man, and I was living in Ohio at the time. Everybody loved Bone Thugs, man. Crossroads was the joint, man. Yeah, man. I still love Bone. I still listen to Bone, especially Me first too. of the month. Oh, you know, I still can't understand nothing they saying, bro. Still listen to them. Well, I can't talk about that stuff, but I know stuff. You know stuff? I know stuff. <laughs> They talk fast for a really good reason. But hell, they they got famous off of it, so. Mm -hmm. They're they're still putting out music, ain't they? Mm -hmm. Kinda. I thought they were. They're beefing with the Migos now. I saw something on YouTube like Busy Bone is beefing with the Migos. That dude's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. In real life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah, you you've met him before. Yeah, I ain't gonna talk about it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back whenever I was I was all crazy rave kid. Yeah, I knew some people. It was he's crazy. I don't know what he's like now, you know, but I know back then, around the turn of the century, he was wild. He seems like the type. Though. Wait, you remember he got kicked out of Bone Thugs? I think he I did. Think that, I, I think that was like the thing that kind of started their downfall there for a little while. Oh. It's because he was out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Out of his mind. Yep. Drugs, you're a motherfucker. 
So you kids, just remember, don't be an effing junkie, man. No, no, not it's good. not good for you. It is not good for you. It's not a path that you want to go down. There's there's other routes. There's other routes. Go to school, learn something. It's, it, yes, it, it, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, it's not as fun as drugs sometimes, but it, it, it <laughs> ain't going to have the weird problems I got. Hmm. So in 1909, I guess we'll throw down some more history real quick, run through a couple of these, because we kind of skimmed over a little bit. That's whenever they banned smokable opium, and that was the first national law, right? So that's okay. the first time the federal government got involved. So that was 108 years ago. Wait, 111. Damn, can't do math. But... <laughs> then after that came the Harrison Narcotic Act, and that was in 1914. And that just kind of made it worse. Um, you know, that, that was what allowed the limited medical use, right? That removed addiction from the the, the medical treatment fields, right? So mm-hmm. still just a little over a century ago, our government decided addicts weren't, but didn't deserve treatment, right? They were just yeah. an issue. Um, and that's whenever they really monetized Right, so that's whenever they uh, they handed over enforcement to the Department of the Treasury and the IRS. Why are they regulating drugs? Like possession of stuff, you know what I mean? That doesn't make any sense. Just like your homeowners, like your your, your house and uh, home taxes, right? You maintain that property. The city doesn't maintain that property. Neither does the state. Neither does the federal government. No one maintains the property of your house, but you still pay taxes on it. Every year. 1909, they started doing it with drugs, right? Which Mm -hmm. meant if you didn't report what you possessed, were transporting, were using, what you were giving other people, if you didn't report that to the IRS, boom, you're breaking the law. You had to get a tax stamp from the IRS to be able to manipulate narcotics, right? They ain't giving them out. Unless you're a doctor. Right? And, wow. and right about this time was whenever they started arresting a whole bunch of doctors. They're still running uh, treatment centers. Right? Wow. Yeah, man. Crazy. And, and you know, you think back to the time, it was a little bit more Puritan than it is now. So in yeah. some ways it does kind of make sense. But they had already been treating it as a medical issue up to that point. So it's like all of a sudden... We move into the industrial revolution and they're like, drugs are bad. Mm-hmm. Except for the ones we give you. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But only if you have a prescription, then they're bad. Right. And, and if you get addicted to it, your doctor has to turn you in. Right. Yo, how crazy is that? Whatever happened to doctor client, you know, patient confidentiality, right? Mm-hmm. They turn people in or else they would go to jail. That's crazy. I mean, they don't like do that now. Like HIPAA or something like that? Well, yeah, they got that stuff now. And mm. and now, you know, a doctor can turn you in if he thinks only if he thinks you're going to be a danger to uh, yourself or others. Right? Mm. Okay. So if, if you're going to hurt other people or you're going to hurt yourself, and I guess that would include, you know, severe drug addiction. Like you look at your doctor and say, I'm going to go blow down this ounce of coke. I'm sure he could call the cops about that. Right. 
I don't know a drug addict who is A, going to tell someone they're about to blow down an ounce of coke, or B, tell their doctor because they ain't going to a doctor in the they're first place. They're not going to a doctor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. So they ain't going to, nowadays, they ain't going to get caught. And then, uh, so this Harry Anslinger guy that we had talked about briefly, who's a general piece of shit, um, <laughs> he started in 1917. So he started with local law enforcement branches, right? Just just traveling around in his little car talking about how heroin and opiates and cocaine are bad because, you know, they had coke back. Um, and he was a racist. <laughs> right. He was white and racist back in 1917. Um Sorry, I'm laughing, but it's like hey, man, some of this stuff. Laughing. Some of this stuff, you're just like, I can't even be mad at the guy because that was way back then, and he was right. dumb as a box of rocks. You, right. you try and bring any of these people into the future to equate, you know what I mean? And it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for people to understand, like how normal it was to be this hateful towards other people, mm-hmm. and that's part of the problem too. You know, once they took took addiction out of the medical nomenclature, it just became super easy for them to become demonized. Mm-hmm. As soon as you say they're a criminal, well, the only other real criminals at the time were Asians, were blacks, you know, the Spanish that lived here certainly wasn't mm-hmm. whites, you know, even if you were poor and white, you still got a slap on the wrist before you got any kind of real punishment unless you were tearing shit up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could definitely get away with a lot more. Um, And then they came out with uh, the Narcotic Drugs and Import and Export Act in 1922 that consolidated everything that came before it, pretty much put the federal government in charge of everything. Um, And between then, 1924, they passed the Heroin Act. Um, 1930, Anslinger took over the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. He was the first guy. They gave him like $100,000 for his first, that was like his first year uh, budget. That's crazy. Because they had, yo, they had to arrest everybody. Like, yo, so if your local sheriff pulled you over and you had an ounce of heroin in the trunk, they they just held on to you. So this is what kind of one of the things that I've always thought was the craziest about all of this, right? So nowadays, if you get busted with drugs, Mm-hmm. Or guns or whatever, right? By by a county sheriff or a local PD or whatever. They get money for that, right? They get the fines. They get whatever, you know? Right. If it's big enough and they have to bring in an FBI, the federal government is still kicking back some cash. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying I agree with that whole portion of the process, but everybody's at least getting their fair share. Yeah. Not back in the 20s. You well, just held on. To you held on to him. You could have three dudes die, right? Trying to arrest mm-hmm. this drug ring that is ruining everybody's life, or whatever, you know. Uh, and 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 you you get nothing out of that. Wow. Nothing. Your buddies are just dead. Wow. And there's still drugs out there. Even back then, this shit made no sense. Yeah. And they just kept going with it. Like, I I know our government's done some stupid shit. And people do some stupid shit. But man, that's right. some stupid shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, how You know, back then, 
the the federal government wasn't as big as it is now. They still had a, a, a sense of states' rights. You know, it wasn't too long after the the the, the Civil War. You know, if you would have started even that soon, mm-hmm. the federal government started buttoning into stuff too much. People would have gotten pissed. But you know, the way Anslinger kind of put it, especially once he took over before alcohol went out of effect, was just just let us take care of it. You don't have to worry about the heavy lifting. You know, you don't have to worry. You won't get hurt. St. Valentine's Day Massacre, those weren't federal agents, man. Those were local cops that got gunned down, you know? Mm-hmm. Pone was a dirty bastard. He didn't give a shit who he killed. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the, the federal government basically swoops in at the end, takes all the money, gets all the headlines, makes them look good, and keeps pushing this narrative that anybody who consumes any drugs beyond what they feel is a safe standard is bad. And I'm not saying that drug addiction is good because it can ruin your life. I mean, hell, my teeth are fucked up. My back's fucked up. I get migraines all the time. Shit's not good for you. But to make me a demon, you know, if I wouldn't have had people that cared about me and weren't going to counteract the way everybody else looked at me, I wouldn't be around. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you Mm -hmm. wouldn't either, bro. You know, any addict who's somehow manages to come back out of success did it with a tribe of people around them. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you can only be that tribe for so long before you got to ostracize somebody. But it's yep. just like, you know, it's well, just like with any other extreme activity, you know, once it hurts too many people, it's no longer safe for the group. And the group's got to matter to everybody, even the addict, you know? Mhm. Mhm. I believe people will stop when they really want to. No, well, how can I put that, bro? Like I think I think everybody has that rock bottom, they say, that breaking point. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that will make them say, "Listen, this is it. I'm done." And the hard part for the people around that person, no matter who it is, you know, is balancing them being there for that person. And them knowing that they just have to accept the fact that they're fucking on whatever the fuck they're on, you know? You can only try and save somebody for so long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you want to see a really good example of this kind of stuff, you know, I guess hoarders would probably be a good one, you know? Like, yeah. what do you do before you just tear it all down and say you have no choice but to start over? And you just walk away from it. You know what I mean? You look at that show, and that's literally what it's like living with a drug addict or any other kind of addict. Yeah, it is. It yep. sucks for everybody. The drug addict just don't realize. And I've been on both sides of the fence, bro. Yeah, so me I too. And that's that's why, like, that's one of the things. Even you know, recently there've been some stuff where, like, I had an, the initial reaction that I had was just to fucking burn the bridge down right you know mm-hmm. and then i thought about it because i knew i shouldn't react to anything like that right away didn't do it you know what i'm saying because i couldn't how could i do that people didn't do that to me and the people who did they still ain't around so right fuck them yeah real shit i ain't, mm-hmm. I, ain't I ain't losing no sleep uh, and then, so the last law or whatever I think we should go over, because Harry and uh, Billy are a whole topic unto themselves, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in 34, the, uh, the Congress basically created a constitutional 
Act, I think it was a constitutional amendment, uh, called the United, the Uniform State Narcotic Drug Act, right? And it didn't force the states, you know, to take on these uh, adopted principles, but they all did it anyway. Right. So they were like, okay. Uh, so, and what it did is it basically just put blanket blanket restrictions over the entire country that were all the same. It's it's pretty much the precursor of the modern uh, Controlled Substances Act that Nixon and all them pretty much started. You know. Right. Um. What's odd uh, is at first it didn't include cannabis. Really? It, it yeah. It only it only cannabis really only came in after. Uh, after alcohol was legal. Mm. And I have a feeling part of that was probably because, you know, the, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was like, oh, crap, we're going to lose a bunch of money. That was our cash crop. Alcohol right. was fucking everywhere. And I mean, stuff called uh, Indian hemp was starting to become popular. And that's kind of where uh, modern cannabis came from. You know, so that was the smokable mm-hmm. version. Up until that, in, you know, the mid-30s, um, you commonly just found hemp. You can't smoke that without getting a headache. So let me ask so, you this: Where where is this hemp stuff now? And is it something that's just not around anymore, or what? Like just regular what? hemp? Yeah. Nah, man, this shit's still around. Uh, ironically enough, I think it was last summer. Yeah, I think it was last summer. Uh, one of our local sheriffs found a huge, like, 40-acre plot of hemp that was, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody even knew it was there. He was all celebrating it. Like, he got rid of all this weed. People were laughing at him all over Facebook because it's like, bro, you you get headaches off of that. That's not even, that's not marijuana. That's, that's. You can make some hell of rope out of that. I I know they make sandals and shit out of of it. Like, uh. What is it, Woody Harrelson? He's got like whole an entire empire built off of hemp, man. He's got clothes, shoes, oils. I mean, you name it. He's yeah, yeah. My my dog is over here about to wake my son up. Okay, he moved. Sorry about that. You good? (laughs) I got a pit bull, bro. He's huge. I got a cat that's massive and a smaller cat that's aggressive <laughs> at getting attention. Wow. It yeah. works. Yes. But, uh, so, I don't know, man. I mean, it's weird that, that people have been getting fucked up forever. Yeah. Forever. Do you ever think that it will be a time where nobody uses any type of like uh mood altering substance or nah. never nah nah because we always want uh, part of the human condition you know i think is that need to just feel more you know right. Right. and and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of crazy studies that they're doing now. I've heard stuff about how, like, social media is what's causing the suicide rates to climb because kids aren't getting real human interaction with each other. And uh, these social media interactions have a tendency to, like, hold on. Now nah, we cool. I, I thought it had stopped recording for a second. That's not. Oh, uh, but anyway, 
yeah, man, like they're saying, you know, these kids are getting these dopamine hits from like Instagram. Yeah. And they're the same kind of hits you get from like heroin and cocaine. Right. And they're getting addicted to it. Right. And, uh, but they're not having the re- these real human interactions. So they're losing that natural connection and picking up this these dopamine hits and trying to hit it all the time. And then whenever they end up getting bullied and can't run away from it because it's on social media, you know, they hit, feel that loss and then blow their brains out or whatever, you know? Right. Hell yeah, people are always going to try and get that high because we're just hardwired to it. It's why we've survived, you know? Maybe one day it'll filter out evolutionary-wise, but... Ah, man. It, it, people have been doing it since Egypt and even before that. Back then, they got shit-faced drunk all the time because you couldn't drink the water. Right. So, the question is, is when are we going to go back to a society that handles this in a kind and caring way for other people? And accept the fact, you know, that it's really just a part of life because it is. You know, it's not, it's not like it, it's not like racism where you can, you know, nobody's going to be mad if somebody kicks somebody out of the group because they hate, you know, people from Russia, right? It doesn't matter, you know, whatever culture or race or whatever it is you hate, nobody's going to care because you're spewing hate, right? Yeah. Drug addicts don't necessarily spew hate. They just, you know, whatever... It is that they're trying to heal. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. You can't heal racism unless they're willing to listen to other people. Right. That, that, you know, so it's not, it's not something like we're attacking it like we're attacking racism, though. And that's why I bring that up. I feel like we attack drug addicts and we attack the problem of addiction like we attack things like racism. Right. They're so totally different things. You can't. Because you can't compassionately care for a racist. Yeah. yeah. Hitler wouldn't listen to that. You know? Neither would... Well, you can't... You can't... I guess you can't humanize, is that where I'm looking for? A racist. Because... How can, how can you so compassionate... Yeah, and that's that's like I understand, like uh, that's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? But a drug addict, even if they're high, they can still understand. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting other people. Right. I don't want to do this, but I have no reason to stop because nobody's willing to give me that reason anymore because I've ruined everything. Right. And and even when you hit that point, that's still not bottom. It's crazy. Do you think it's a form of population control? The reason why? Nah, man, I don't even believe in population control. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there are occasional events that occur in the world that have called the population, um, whether they were intentional or not, they happen. I mean, World War I, World War II, the Civil War, you know, in the last 200 years, those three events killed a massive amount of the population. Right. And we exploded after all of those events. And really, since World War II, we ain't slowed down. Yeah, we haven't. So if somebody, I can't remember who, I think it was Joe Rogan said something, uh, somebody asked him the same thing. 
And he was like, if they're, <laughs> he's like, if they're trying to control the population and kill off a bunch of people, they really suck at it. <laughs> That's real though. Because <laughs> somebody's got to be looking at him going, man, you ain't, you ain't doing your job. That's not your job. That's real. That's yeah, real. bro. That's horrible. So, nah, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I mean, we control our own. That's the thing, you know, just like uh, with the way the economy is supposed to work. The way the world is supposed to work is we we police it ourselves. We're only going to get as big as we allow ourselves to get. Mm-hmm. That's why we keep getting bigger. Because right. we want to get bigger. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, we want to leave a legacy. We want to leave something behind, all that stuff. Yeah. That's real. All right. Well, I think that's a good point to end it. Uh, It don't even seem like we've been on here for 53 minutes and 18 seconds. No, it don't. Looking forward to the next one, man. This was was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, I liked it, man. I liked it, and I hope it gets better. Um, we got a Facebook page. Don't be a effing junkie. You can go there, like it. That's where we're gonna post updates. Um, I'm on Instagram under M Gwinnin. I post random stuff there. Uh, Twitter at Matt underscore Gwyn. I don't know. There's other places, but they'll be around. Uh, the podcast feed will be listed, uh, you know, on that Facebook page until we get a website up, uh, which is why we need those donations. You know, don't be a effing junkie on Cash App, man. Um, yes, sir. We, we will list you as a sponsor because that is what you are doing. Uh, is there anywhere you want to be found, bro? Yeah, man. You can catch me on. Nah, not on Facebook. How about you catch me on Instagram? At Ray Ray 410, that's R A E R A E 410. And you can also check me out on, uh, on YouTube, Hip Hop Discussions, but check me out on Instagram. Facebook's too personal, bro. I don't know if I want to give everybody my Facebook. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, <laughs> that's why there's that page. So, yeah. Uh, you're an admin on that, so if people want to reach out to us from the book, you know what I mean? It's it's there. So Absolutely. All right, bro. Well we'll talk to you soon. Alright, bro. See you later. You're going to rise up singing. Then you'll spread your wings and you'll take the sky. Nothing can harm you With daddy and mammy Standing by